This week on Brew Bloods, we're taking down one of the most hyped beers in Texas, the Lone Pint Yellow Rose IPA. Plus, we take back our compliments to Budweiser from last week since they just went full Trump on us. So saddle up, beer buddies. This is Brew Bloods. Drink beer. Think beer. You're listening to Brew Bloods. The Tavern Will Compare Favorably with the Church. That from a noted writer, Henry David Thoreau. Or Mark Hudson, who just made it up. Welcome to episode 51 of Brew Bloods. We are back on the scene with a beer lean. Here, back in the, back in the, in uh, the, beer machine. the old studios. Yeah, back in the scene with a beer machine in a drink in hand. Feeling serene? Uh, today we are drinking a Texas favorite. I know we, uh, we try to go big beer and then small beer and the big beer and small beer. I know we went really, really local last week, and we're going to go getting local, pretty local this week again. Unfortunately, but yeah, well, we felt we found it on tap, so we felt that we had to we had to take a swing at it. Well, plus this was actually inspired by a broader article, which we will be covering, which is uh, best IPAs by state, and uh, so we picked the one that they listed as our best IPA. And it's and it's hard to it's not hard, but it doesn't it's not very often on tap around here, so. Uh, and it's even harder to find bottles, so True. at least here in Dallas. So we found it, so we decided we're going to take a swing at it. Next week, we'll be back to something bigger. We're thinking about maybe San- the uh, beer camp that just got released, yes. something like that. Something. but Maybe you, not the whole beer camp. Don't but. worry about that. Yeah, worry about that's this. That's later. We're, we're here now. Don't be vexed. We'll get back to it. When will then be now? Then. Okay. That sounds good. And yesterday. Don't be vexed. Don't cry for us, Argentina. We'll we'll get back to a national beer so everybody can drink along. Or if you're in Texas, then you'll enjoy this. Yeah, but if you're in Texas, then enjoy. Yeah. So a little show business aside from uh, people crying into their uh, huge pillows over uh, our beer choices. Uh, we we have a new staff member on the show. His name is one Stefan Halley. He's been on the show before. This was a rogue hire by Mark that I was just, right. just informed about 24 hours ago. Uh, I subverted you. I undermined your power and went to the, straight to the HR department. I will be hiring four or five new people myself That's in the fine. coming weeks. That's fine. As long as, long as they don't ha- have a voice on the show. <laughs> oh, they'll all be talent. <laughs> I, I will all actively murder them in the studio. <laughs> Uh, Stefan has been on the show before. You've probably heard him. Yes. Uh, I know he was at least on the break room. I think he's been on the show. Hasn't he's he? been on the show. Yeah, yeah. He's got the extreme deep voice. He brought uh, he brought some of the Euro beers. And That's right. When he was in town, he was actually on the show with us and covered one of them. Okay, I couldn't remember if he was actually on the show or not. But anyways, you've heard him before. He's not going to be a talent or like a vocal talent on the show, but he's going to start writing, help us writing some of the education stuff, so that. Uh, you know, we don't get our... We don't get to hear those uh, low tones. Yeah, I would love for that to happen. That'd be awesome. But uh, I, I I was concerned. I, I told him I don't want you to get... He, he volunteered to write them every week. And I said, I don't want you to get too ass whipped. So, you know, let's just start with a couple of months. But uh, he's contributed this week. This will be his first week. And uh, I hope you enjoy we'll his writing talents. Young, budding talent does. Yeah, he's pretty young. He's new to the scene. Yeah. He used to, hire, he used to uh, run the very popular podcast, 15-Minute Movie Podcast. About film history, that was really good. He used to write that and, and, and the, do that. The really, really popular one that was called Pickled Embryo. Yeah, back way back in two thousand. If you can find that somewhere on the internet these days. Back when I was a wacky board op, back in two thousand six. <laughs> that was before our previous podcast. That was that was that was the oldest podcast I've done. That was that was uh, whew, that was 
2004 or five. We started there? the break room in March of 2006. Yeah. We will be celebrating our 10th anniversary of that show being off and on <laughs> this year. It's only been on for like six years, but then it's, uh, it's a 10th anniversary. Just, but it's been on the internet for 10 years. <laughs> That's true. It's still up there if you want to listen to it. And it still gets downloads. And it still gets a lot of, it still gets more downloads than this show, actually. And we haven't produced a show in over a year. It's weird. Uh, but yeah, we're celebrating the 10th anniversary. But that show, uh, boy, I don't remember when that one started. It had to be January or February of 2006. And wow. without, that's when podcasting was just a little baby in a bassinet. Really, you couldn't even, there was no, there were no apps. Nobody, hardly anyone knew what an app was. We still sported razors. You had to like, you know, go to the web and stuff. Yeah. And like, maybe download it. Uh, were I, I guess iPods were around at that point, barely, maybe, but yeah, there was a, that was about it. You like, had to download a podcatcher. I think there was one called Lemon or something like that. And, was iTunes even around? Uh, iTunes was around, okay. but... They weren't th- supporting podcasts probably at the time? Well, I think it was nascent. I mean, really, podcasting had been started by Dave Weiner and uh, not Adam Carolla. Uh, and Adam Curry was a Adam big Curry. push, yeah, push they, for it at the they time. Were, yeah, they worked together. But uh, yeah, I, I used to listen to the Battlestar Galactica podcast, a commentary podcast that Ron Moore made. And that's how I kind of got started with the whole podcasting thing. But there was nothing on my phone. I think I still was sporting a Motorola Razor at the time. Yeah, so, you, you generally had to have, you know, your Razor, and then you had to have your separate iPod. Yeah, I had an iPod, and that's those, how I listened those, to it. Yeah, and you had to connect it to your computer and yep, download it. Download it. Yeah. So you had to really like the show. It was a real, and it was mixed in with just your, your general music. So it was <laughs> that's a true. real ass whip. Yeah. Um, but here we are, ten years later. Everybody has an app. Yeah. Everybody's sporting their own little podcast. You even have your own individual podcast. podcast apps. That's right. That's which is right. insane. Uh, yeah. insane. 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 It is insane. It's, it's insane. We've come a long way, baby. Yeah. So yeah, uh, what were, I don't even know how we got this far, but uh, or how we got here. But Cause, anyways, because we talked about Stefan, and then that brings up the history of yeah. podcasting. He, he's a legendary podcaster yeah. amongst the niche community in which he thrives, and uh, <laughs> he actually inspired many other podcasts with uh, Pebble Dabrio, such as Cinema Diabolica, which is also making its comeback, which is also probably eight years old and goes on and off yes. all the time. It, it's also been on about fifty percent of the time. It's been on the internet. Yeah, and I, I think he may have inspired Night of the Living podcast if you're if you're familiar with that show. And one other horror podcast. So we were pioneers in the field. Um, you know, we didn't survive, but we were pioneers. <laughs> we didn't thrive, but we didn't we, thrive we or survive. We existed. Well, that's not true. We throve. We throve. We had our moment. We had our we had our moment. We didn't do much with it, but we had our moment. Yeah, we had our moment in the rising sun and just that is not the first time that's happened to us either. So what you need to do is follow our career and then actually take advantage of the moments. Yes, and then you'll be successful. Don't do exactly what we do. We had the same thing with an old entertainment website we had many chances and that and uh we we completely press screenings no problem you guys you guys want to go to all of them that's fine nowadays yeah. nobody can get into anything apparently yep yep, yep, yep. so anyways not a, enough about our past failures yeah. <laughs> enough about our missed opportunities <laughs> so this past week there was a big now you know last, on last week's show on episode 50 we gave budweiser some praise for making the uh the cardboard uh vr porn headset right we found out that mark was a big fan yeah uh, budweiser no but we we gave them praise for kind of doing something cool with their boxes which you would otherwise just burn up but this week these douchers over at budweiser they decided that up until the election of this year they have decided that they are going to rename their flagship brand as america which doesn't really make any sense like, what does that have to do... What does Budweiser have to do with the election? Uh, uh they... This summer, you can hold a can of ice-cold America in your bare hand. <laughs> Struggling. Yeah, anyways, that was not meant to play. Um, 
I don't know. For those of you who don't know, Mark's internet's a little little sketchy. Well, here's what I don't like. You go to a website, CNN or USA Today, all I want to do is read the article. I don't want to watch your stupid video. And all of them now autoplay. That's true, they do. And that, that yeah, that pumps up their video view so they can, you know, give that to their uh, to their ad buyers. But screw them. <laughs> I'm sick of it. I wish I had a... I, surely there's some Chrome extension that I can use to block, block auto, auto-playing videos. It's so annoying. I'm, but, trying, I'm trying to get my groove on, listen to some Al Green at work or something, and suddenly Mary Bowerman, P- Bowerman pops in with her beer commentary <laughs> from USA Today. Don't care. Don't care. Mary Bowerman. Yeah, not a real name. Always interfering. So, yeah, they said uh, it's going to be available May 23rd through the election. And, of course, we also have the Summer Olympics coming this summer, strangely enough, con- considering it's the Summer Olympics. But we have the Summer Olympics coming. Are they coming so during kind the of, summer? Uh, maybe, maybe this winter. No, okay. But they, 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 it's kind of, they're kind of pivoting on that and the election. Pivot. And, you know, they're obviously one of the more famous beers in the United States and one of the more piss-poor beers in the United States. Well, I would say worldwide, they're probably one of the more famous beers. Yeah. Uh, Ricardo, Especially now that they are worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. Yep. America. Uh, Ricardo Marquez, the vice president of uh, Budweiser, said that the cans are an ideal way to salute the United States. Generic. We are embarking on what should be the most patriotic summer that this generation has ever seen. Nothing says America like a Euro-owned beer company, too. Yes. <laughs> it's a good point. That is an excellent point. And nothing says America like a badly made product that uh, nobody should ever drink. Exactly. Because it's a terrible terrible depiction of what beer can be nothing nothing says america like reducing the quality of a product <laughs> that it barely is recognizable from its original form to mass produce and make a lot of money on it is a little yes, american to cheapen the quality <laughs> it is a little american nothing says america like that <laughs> cheapening the quality of the original product that being said if i happen to go to st louis would i tour budweiser i probably would yeah just to see the mega distribution that they do and how they handle all that stuff. Maybe but, you get to see a Silicon Valley moment, see a Clyde, one Clydesdale uh, just going in you know, a backside <laughs> on another Clydesdale. That's true. Yes. Yeah, that, that would be classic. It's a pretty cheap ploy. Like, it's a is this very cheap ploy? Is this really going to up their sales at all? Like, it was. It came out last week also that uh, shipments barrel sales are down on Budweiser and, and Miller Coors. Well, branding at Metallica probably didn't help either. So I don't know. They're gonna just keep trying to. Uh, what's the phrase? Put lipstick on a pig. Yeah, it, it's, it's not really working. Trying a wacky bit and. It's it's just so cheap. I mean, this is the trumpetization of America right here. Honestly, is, it's so it's such pandering. Obviously, or honestly, I think they probably should, um, if they wanted to make inroads in the craft beer community at all, which this probably wouldn't do it because it, they tried it and failed, but they should go back and try to push their Budweiser Ale and stuff like that. Like, maybe try a little different type of brewery or brewed beer under your flagship label. Yeah. Maybe see if you get more, you know, of a niche market there instead of just buying all the craft beers out there. Yeah, yeah. Maybe try to make a good beer. <laughs> yeah, Instead of just not? acquiring everybody, try to make a good beer of your own for once instead of just pumping your swill that you just washed through a 1920s New York sewer grate. Yeah. And then giving that into the American drinker's hand. I know there are a lot of Budweiser loyalists out there. I had an alcoholic stepfather that was one of those guys. They're those people, hard-working, steel-driving countrymen who drive their Chevy pickups and say America F yeah. My father uh, pretty much drinks only Budweiser. He he will occasionally drink uh, an unfiltered wheat beer here or there. 
but a lot of those he doesn't even like, like Franconia's he didn't even like. So he's very particular, but Budweiser always goes back to that. Doesn't even like other, like, I, I tried to give him the Lakewood Vienna Lager. Didn't like that. Wanted to go with the Budweiser. Yeah. So you definitely have the loyalists. I know they have their loyalists, but that market, as it gets older, is going to fade. But I was going to say, these two references we had are also guys 60+. plus. Yeah, and the, one of them could be dead for all I know. True, yeah. Last time I knew he was married to a prostitute that he was actively pimping, so. Yeah, that's not my father. That's the alcoholic stepfather. No, no, I was talking about your dad. <laughs> no, no, uh, little little light shed on my history there, but yeah. Run, dr- running drugs and prostitutes, but, one of which was his own wife, so. But the show is not my mother, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but the show's less about the prostitution that you've had to endure. Yes. It's more about the beers that we're going to talk about today. Yes. Um, and, but yeah, that that yeah, just as a last note, I mean that those stalwarts are going to eventually die out, and their market share is going to decrease. I think unless they decide to put on some fancy pants, be put on their big boy brewer bri- britches, and make a decent beer <laughs> or brewer bitches, brewer bitches. Yes. <laughs> makes, I'm sure they already have their brewer bitches as <laughs> True. well. Just to just to toss a little sexism on the fire there. <laughs> now to cover what we uh, the inspiration for why I picked this beer today. Did we um, say what beer we're drinking? By the way. No, not yet. I figure we'll get into it once we uh, actually get into the brewery. All right, everybody and wait with bated breath. Yeah, there you go. Masterfully um, bated breath. An article got recently posted in a beer group on Facebook that uh, Mark and I are both a part of. Uh, amazingly enough, we actually got into the exclusive community. It's very exclusive, yeah. And um, it's a little bit older. It's from September of 2015, but I think this still this still applies. And this is best IPAs by every single state out there. Um some of these we can get, some of these we can't get. Uh, several of these we have had, and so I figured we could go through this. And uh, Amazingly enough, the one we haven't had is the IPA that they list for Texas, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, some notables on here uh, would be Russian River Brewing, uh, Pliny the Elder. Obviously, we had that here. Obviously. Obviously. And, uh, you know, that was, that was quite tasty, so I would not argue with that one being California's best. Uh, Anchorage Brewing has one called Bitter Monk. I've never had that one, but I know it is around. Uh, have you ever had that one? Never had. Okay. I've had Alaskan Brewing's, uh, you know, their generic IPA, but I don't know if I've had Anchorage uh, Bitter Monk before. Uh, like I said, I've seen it, but haven't had it. Uh, Colorado Odell Mercenary IPA. I know you're a fan of that one. Yeah, that's, that's a damn good IPA. That is, that is one of my summer favorites now. Be aware it is 9 plus ABV and will thoroughly kick your ass, but it is a damn tasty, easy pouring, easy drinking, especially IPA. It's one of those that definitely sneaks up on you. Yes. Yeah. I I have had a few of those and uh, you get pretty loopy after a couple of those. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, Cigar City, Jialai IPA. Uh, I definitely think that's, you know, that's a marquee IPA out yeah, there. That's a, that's a good one. They had that uh, back when I went to Stone back in uh, 2011. They were serving that at their bar. That was really good. Anytime I go to Alabama and visit the uh, non-prostitute running father of mine, um, I do grab some of those because they do sell that in uh, in the town right by him. So he's retired from prostitution. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Since he's, he's moved on from that. Uh, obviously, a huge one from Delaware being Dogfish and 90 Minute. Uh, Never heard of them. That's a nice That's a nice little standby. Nice little standby beer. Yeah. Pretty good little beer. Yeah. Uh, Maui Brewing Big Swell. That's a good IPA. Um some of these I've heard of, like uh, three, Flo- three Floyd's Permanent Funeral. I've never had it, but I've Man, heard of it. I, you know, I hear nothing good about Three Floyd's, but we cannot get Three Floyd's down here. And so I was going to say, I can't say because I never, uh, yeah, haven't had it. Uh, as far as I know, from what I've seen on Reddit and such, you can get it in trade, but 
they are not expanding very fast, and hmm. they seem to. I think they're you know they're enjoying their success uh, being sure. a niche brand, but you have to trade it, and apparently you have well, to offer something that's pretty high in value to get it. Yeah, well, that's especially, a especially after I think it's called Darkest Night. Yeah, I think it's one of their top rated beers. That's really hard to get. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's worth it for some rare thing that you have that you have yeah. plenty of, but I don't know. I, I, I've never really done much beer trading, honestly. I haven't either. Uh, Tallgrass, which is coming to uh, Texas here shortly. I have not had anything from them, but that's I'm looking forward to trying the Ethos from them. See if that's any good. Um, Union Craft Brewing Double Duck Pan. That was an excellent idea. Yes, go back to some episode that we did. a few About uh, three or four episodes ago, <laughs> we did that. Yeah. Excellent IPA. Yeah, like I said, we've covered a lot of these marquee IPAs. Uh, Bell's Brewing Hop Slam Ale, that is wonderful, and Mark will get to try that in yep. 2017 when they, when they come here. Uh, Lazy Magnolia has the Timber Beast Dry IPA, which I have had other things from Lazy Magnolia, but I haven't had that one yep. yet. Um, let's see. I'm assuming Hetty Topper's on there somewhere? Uh, yeah, we'll get to that. Other Half Brewing uh, from New York called All Green Everything. I just thought that was kind of interesting how many breweries in New York. There's a that's, This one I... Th- would think it's a little bit obscure. I don't know. I've never, I've never heard of other half brewing. Have you? Uh, no. Yeah, I just, I, I thought I would have heard of most of them from New York. Hey, but we're from New York. Exactly. Buy me a gun. <laughs> I'll tell so, you, makes a good, uh, good IPA is uh, Evil Twin, which is also out of New York. Yeah, they do make a good one. They make uh, the Citrus Sunshine. I think it's called, what? or maybe it's called Sun. Maybe it's called just Sunshine. That's a really good fresh summery IPA. I just want to note the one from North Dakota. I mentioned this off air, but the uh, Fargo Brewing Company and Wood Chipper. I just think that's an awesome. Yeah, that is an just awesome, an awesome name. Awesome nod. Pretty pretty good little name there. Pretty good little name. Uh, again, Oregon. Think of all the beers that come out of Oregon. Can't and, think of one. And they picked uh, Boneyard Beer and their IPA called Notorious. Never heard of Boneyard Beer. I had not either. Uh, victory in the Drift Wolf. Uh, and victory had plenty of other Victory stuff. Haven't had that one though. Um. Yeah. So the Alchemist from uh, you know Vermont with Hetty Topper. There it is for you. And uh, I think that's probably about about the last notable one. But uh, like I said, we've had a lot of these marquee ones, or a decent amount of these actually, uh, five or six of them, uh, even on the show. So. And now we're going to encounter the last marquee, and so we're just going to end the show after this. Yeah. Now we're going to blow it up. Uh, in episode fifty-one. I think we've done we've done all the work we need to do after this episode. <laughs> just after hiring a new staff on to write. I, I know. Just going to go ahead and end it, but. That brings us to the one we're covering today, which is from Lone Pint Brewery, a brewery, and it is called the Yellow Rose, and that is just looked upon as the marquee IPA. Everybody talks about it. Anytime you see a bottle of it, people grab it up. It's on the beer. It's on the beer group that I mentioned before on Facebook. If anybody cites it, they let everyone know, and everyone goes and grabs it. So yeah, it's got a lot of hype behind it for sure. This has a lot of hype uh, behind it. So, and here's a little bit about Lone Pint Brewing. Lone Pint Brewery is still fairly new to the beer game, yet they already have produced a standout beer in their Yellow Rose IPA. Lone Pint was started by Trevor Brown, who brought 20 years of home brewing experience to the venture, along with his sister, Heather Bola, a sales and account manager for a large environmental and industrial services company, and Blank Niederhofer, a wealth manager and Bola's now husband. The siblings started toying with the idea of starting a brewery at least 10 years ago and honed recipes in Brown's garage. To get started, they leased a former auto body shop in downtown Magnolia, Texas in January 2012. They gutted it and put in a 30-barrel brewing system with two 30-barrel fermenters. Under a distribution deal with Duff, now part of Favorite Brands, the first Lone Pint beer shipped in late November 2012. 
They are currently ranked second on the top five best breweries in Houston list, according to Houstonia Magazine. While Lone Pint's Yellow Rose IPA is their most noted beer, they have a regular rotation of brews, including 667 Neighbor of the Beast, an American IPA, the Gentleman's Relish, an English Brown Ale, the Jabberwocky, an Imperial IPA, the Tornado Shark, an American Strong Ale, and lastly, Zeno's Pale Ale, an American Pale Ale. Currently, Lone Pine is only found in select parts of Texas, with continued planned expansion as demand grows. So, the BJCP standards for an American IPA. The overall impression is that it should be decidedly hoppy and bitter, moderately strong, and should have a uh, smooth, medium to medium-bodied mouthfeel. Obviously, hot flavor is going to be high. Color ranges from medium gold to reddish copper, and a prominent to intense hop aroma. And should be citrusy, floral, and even perfume-like. Oh, very nice. Much yeah. like the perfumery that we went to uh, down in the Bahamas, right? Indeed. Oh, yeah. We just get that, didn't we? <laughs> we did. We decided to drink instead. <laughs> so the the uh, Yellow Rose IPA, I'm sure most people have heard the Yellow Rose of Texas song. Sure. And obviously, this beer is named after that song. Now, I didn't know much. I don't remember ever learning this because for those of, not, those of you not in Texas... When we're in sixth grade, we are required, I'm sorry, seventh grade, we are required to take a Texas history course that is exclusively about the, you know, the, the, the foundation of Texas, including the rebellion. Now, the Yellow Rose of Texas is actually a historical figure named Emily West Morgan, and she was a slave in Texas and to James Morgan. Right. And uh, during the Texas rebellion against Mexico, uh, which was led by Santa Ana. She was a key figure in the, de- the defeat at the Battle of San Jacinto, which uh, kind of sealed the deal on founding the Republic of, Republic of Texas under the guidance of Sam Houston. And what she did was, some people say she willingly went into slavery. Some people say she wasn't. Some people think she was perhaps from Bermuda. Nobody really knows. And nobody really knows what happens to her after this battle either. Yeah. But she, either way, she was a person that was indentured. And she was in charge of uh, helping... Uh, with the, I think, refugee, Texas refugees flee during one battle. She helped uh, main, sort of maintain the inventory for some of the boats, things like that. Um, but during the Battle of San Jacinto, she had been captured by Santa Ana. And Santa Ana was, he decided, though, while he was away from Mexico, he was going to remarry. And he remarried one of his teenage captives. But then he got a couple weeks away from them when he moved on to another battle, uh, specifically the Battle of San Jacinto. And after he had captured Emily, he decided that she was an okay replacement for his teenage bride. Sandy Annie. Sandy Annie. Mm-hmm. And apparently she was a person of some beauty. She was uh, she was of mixed race, of white and black. Apparently, apparently she was considered quite beautiful. And Santa Santa she, Anna wanted to She hit, looks she looks pretty hot on the label. Yeah, she Santa Santa Annie wanted to hit that to <laughs> to speak in eighteen thirty six terms. Yeah. So, so they were always talking about that. Yeah, it was so on fleek to hit that back then. He pers- she persuaded some one of the other captives. Uh, she persuaded him to escape and go to San Sam Houston and tell her that Santa Ana had arrived in Texas and or in San Jacinto. And so what that enabled them to do was Sam Houston decided to form his army to go attack uh, Santa Ana. And what happened on the day of April April twenty first, Emily uh, Santa decided Santa Ana decided to court Emily. And Sam Houston climbed into a tree. He was doing some scouting. And he climbed into a tree and saw Emily. He went up she, there to find the leprechaun. <laughs> yeah. Where to call that? Uh, but while he was up there finding the leprechaun, he found that Emily decided to distract Santa Anna. Uh, Santa Anna, did, he, took, he took her on a picnic. And apparently... As you do when you're 
conquering another <laughs> yeah, state. You, yeah, exactly. You go on a, a picnic. <laughs> and uh, his quote was, I hope that slave girl makes him, Santa Ana, neglect his business and keep him in bed all day. So she decided, apparently, to distract him sexually. And apparently, Santa Ana was literally caught with his pants down, <laughs> fleeing from the battle. Uh, as a result and because of her distraction the mexican army was caught completely by surprise and just rolled up by sam houston and she was obviously declared a hero uh she used her feminine wiles to lead to uh the success of the the, the texas rebels and led to the the republic of texas being founded much as mark does to lead the show to success that's right i'm frequently displaying my feminine wiles on the show <laughs> How do you think? Why do you think Dustin sounds so good? How do you think I attract this top tier uh, talent exactly. as such as Stefan? Uh, yeah. How did he get a writer from across the pond? There you go. So her slave, her owner, Colonel James Morgan, was apparently so impressed with what she did that he released her from slavery and gave her a passport to New York. And nobody knows what happens to her after that. But she became known as the Yellow Rose of Texas. Now, yellow, you know, used to be a term for someone. Yeah. It's a, described as a person that is a mixed race that is light skinned. Right. Uh, a person of color. So it's kind of an antiquated term. And so this led to the song, The Yellow Rose of Texas, which, you know, <laughs> it's got some controversy. <laughs> the original lyrics now they have since changed. Uh, it was originally written by a guy who had a uh, blackface minstrel show. Right. And it was called Christie's Minstrels. It was written by Edward Pierce Christie. And the original lyrics... Probably not something that would have originated in 2016. Yeah. The, instead of, like, the first the first lyric, the first verse, instead of saying the yellow rose of Texas, there's a yellow rose of Texas, it says there's a yellow girl in Texas. Yeah. That I'm going to see no other darkies. <laughs> no her. No darkie. Only me. She cried so hard when I left her It's like uh, it, that it like to broke my heart. And if only I could find her, we never more will part. Now, both the lyrics <laughs> still stay... But they, they don't. It doesn't come from a blackface point of view anymore. Uh, I was going to say, amazingly enough, yeah, they even, changed that up. Uh, Gene Autry in 1955 did a version, and he said instead of darky, he said uh, he said fella. Yeah, and but he still said col- a colored person. Of course, colored person back then was a much more common ter- common non-racist term. If you've seen the uh, NAACP, for instance, they sold colored people. Right. So it wasn't a term of racism back then. Of course, it makes us kind of uncomfortable today, but. Uh, at least at the time, it wasn't racist. Now, David Allen Coe, noted racist, uh, he have, he even did not sing the original racist lyrics. He changed it to cowboy instead <laughs> of the offensive word. Yeah. Uh, there's there, there's variations on that. You know, they've changed some lyrics here or there, but uh, it has completely, it's become a banner song for Texas and not from a racist standpoint. But it, it became a marching song during the Civil War, uh, and it just kind of exploded out from there. And it's it's considered one of the top Western songs of all time. And now you know the rest of the story all that to say now we have a beer named after this yeah and i just person but to give you a little bit of history which makes sense yeah because i want to talk because the the depiction on the label of of uh lone pine yellow rose is obviously a depiction of of emily Emily west morgan yes yeah absolutely because it it is a lady of color who looks quite quite hot plus it makes sense um you know that you would have a banner marquee excellent beer named after that if it is a texas-based beer and not only that uh the the town of magnolia is near houston which is named after sam houston that there you go just northwest of houston if you if you didn't know that before yeah so i know we're dropping a lot of knowledge bombs on you today (laughs) but that's what we are here to drink beer and think beer and i have just thought beer for you and now we can make it uh, all the way back to actually reviewing the beers now that you know the rest who yellow rose was yes uh, and who she was and her significance to Texas. So, um, 
giving you a little bit of history just on some other beers, not history, but a little review on other beers that Magnolia, or excuse me, I keep calling it Magnolia, that uh, Lone Pint makes. Um, you know, outside of the Yellow Rose, their reviews are not not that stellar. They're not horrible, but they're not, they're not uh, you know... They're not really what you would be seeking uh, out. Now, they do have one called the, the Jabberwocky that uh, actually does get a 90 overall. So that's not bad. Uh, but they have a Gentleman's Relish, gets a 77. And Neighbor uh, neighbor of the Beast, which is 667, hey, hey. Uh, only gets a 64. So, do, you, do you think Gentleman's Relish is made with pickle relish? I sure hope so. I hope, I hope it, hopefully it's a fancy, <laughs> fancy relish, too. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if you actually... Artisanal, hand, handmade, craft relish. <laughs> right. Now, bringing it back to the Yellow Rose itself, um, this beer does get a 98 overall and a 99 in style. Uh, even Beer Advocate, which Beer Advocate tends to be harder on beers, this one get, it gets a 97. That's that's yeah. pretty high on, on old BA. Uh, Untapped, again, pretty stellar review at uh, 3.88. Uh, and that is on 31,000 unique reviews. But I also like to note that's on almost a hundred thousand total reviews. Yeah, so these people drink it and drink it hard. Yeah, they they go hard. Yeah, absolutely. Also hard. Uh, this again, this is another beer that uses mosaic hops. Very popular around here. Yes. <laughs> what you say? I think that's one of the most popular. Yeah, beers. and boy, you know, it was created in, in more 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 knowledge bombs here. It's a daughter of Simcoe West Coast hop. Yep. Uh, it was oh, actually it's sorry, it's a daughter of Simcoe Nugget hops. And it was created in our bread first in 2012, and it has exploded in the craft beer world. Uh, there's a lot of mosaic-based beers out there, notably locally, Communities Mosaic, of course. To no community yet again for like the fourth week in yes. a row, but that's okay. And Founders Mosaic, right? They have a mosaic IPA. They do. They have uh, Mosaic Promise, I believe it, it's called. I think because of its just intense flavor, I think it's just become one of the favorite hops out there. Yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely unique. Uh, Cascade is you know a good quality hop too, but I think they they do have def- definitely definitive differences. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's good. It's the new hot sexy yeah. hop girl on the block. Absolutely. Yeah, it's the it's the hot yellow rose on the block. She's got all she's got curved in all the right hoppy places. <laughs> exactly. The thing right. she can do with her hop tongue. So. High, high expectation for this. It's yeah. A, it's in the company of Double Duck Pen. It's in the company of uh, Plenty the Elder. Uh, so, what do, you, what do you expect out of this beer? What do you think? Man, uh, you know, a standard single malt, uh, single malt IPA, or single hop IPA. Um, you know, I like those, but those are more hit or miss than double IPAs for me in general. So, we'll see. Uh, I have had this once a while ago. And I don't remember thinking it was all that impressive. Um, but again, it's been a long time, and I have a fuzzy memory of it at this point. So <laughs> we've had—I'm just saying—we've had a lot of other IPAs since yeah. then. So I can't really t- pinpoint when I had it and uh, say that that's you know uh, definitively say that it's not uh, going to live up to this. But I do have that in my mind that I remember it not being as good. So maybe that will counter out all the high uh, ratings, and maybe I will be even that much more impressed. And you know, frankly, if if it does live up to the, the to the hype, it will be nice to finally have an IPA in the state that can stand out. That really deserves to be on that list we talked about earlier. That maybe we can have our own little le- legendary IPA outside or a legendary beer outside of something Jester King makes. Yeah, that is true. That would be nice. Yeah, I mean, they're currently really the. The the front runner as far as being known outside the state, I think outside of something like Shiner, yeah, for instance, Shiner for sure. I don't know if any of uh, any of St. Arnold's stuff is actually known outside of the state. I know it's it's hotness in the state. They definitely don't get the hype that Jester King does. True, no, they don't. No, not not Jester King level. Yeah, so 
I haven't had anything else by Lone Pine, so I really don't know what to expect from these guys. And you've never had this, right? I've never had this. All right. So to start off, coloring-wise, it's, it's an unfiltered beer, obviously. It's very cloudy, but it is, to its name, golden yellow. Golden and yellowy, yes, it is. Yeah, it's, it's a really pretty beer. Really lovely color. And, you know, and good for them. They made a beer that, I don't know, who, who knows? Did they start off with the beer and then they just apply the name to it, which is, I think is probably how you'd go? Or did they start off with the idea of making a beer after... Emily West Morgan. It would kind of make sense, given where they're located, that perhaps they, you know, did the did both of them at the same time. Said we're yeah. going to make something called Yellow Rose and let's make it a good IPA. Uh, it would it would kind of make sense if they went hand in hand. Got a lot of carbonation still bubbling up here uh, since we've been talking all this time. Man, um, the head on it hangs around. There's it, there's definitely a head on it still, and it's been poured a while now. Yeah, and we're drinking it out of crappy shaker glasses too, and that and it's and it's staying around even so. Good lacing on the glass. Uh, that, Big time lacing. It, the, the head is stayed around. It started off pretty, uh, you know. Pretty good little head. Pretty head. But first it, poured it. It receded quickly to a to a nice, chunky head. Very pillowy. Right now, it's hanging around uh, a thin white head in my glass, but still very pure white. And uh, The way you like it. Yeah, and I poured, I poured top, uh, top down <laughs> the way I like to go. Right. And uh, yeah, very, very impressive so far. I really like the, the appearance of the beer so far. Yeah, it's it looks like a really nice unfiltered uh, unfiltered beer, nice golden color, like you say, golden yellowish. Now, just taking a taking a strong whiff of that, smell it all up. It you can definitely smell the mosaic hops in that. Oh yeah, yeah, very reminiscent or reminiscent of the mosaic last week at Community. Yeah, a little sharp on the top of the nose, but got a very sweet fruity bottom on that. So fruity, such an apple bottom on that. <laughs> yeah, so fruitaloomy. <laughs> yeah. Where, where's our resident... Uh, can we get a hop in here to smash, just to add to the <laughs> yeah, fruit? Exactly. I know that's not a fruit, but, uh, you know, let's, let's smash a hop. Smash, smash, smash. Smash, smash, smash. Yeah, I like the aroma quite a bit. It's not overpowering. No, it's not. It, it's, but it is the dominant presence. You don't yeah. really get much other than the, than the mosaic hop in there. That is true. It but is the dominant it, presence. What do you expect out of something that's, you know, featuring mosaic? <laughs> I would expect that. Yeah, yes, I would expect It's that. one of the lead things they talk about in their <laughs> descriptions, though. All right, so here it comes. The taste. Get a lot of interesting notes out of that. Obviously, a lot of mosaic in there, of course, naturally. Yeah. Get actually some, on the back of the tongue, get some kind of bready notes from the malt. Uh, very light, not overpowering for sure. It does have a lot of bready, bready notes to it, which, which I do remember, and it's creamy. It is very creamy. Yeah. And I enjoy me some cream. Uh, very cracker-like somewhat. But then kind of rounded out by... It was very, uh, I don't know, that was very cracker-like somewhat. Seems very contradictory. Well, I'm trying to figure out, you know, adjectives <laughs> are hard, so... But very weedy... Uh, it's very weedy. Yeah, very weedy, weedy, weedy. Weedy, weedy. Like it's ate its, it's, ate its Wheaties. Yeah, definitely. But on top like of that... Like the ate the Wheaties and pooped it into this beer. But on top of that, I can definitely taste... Like a tiny little blueberry fruit loom kid jumped in the pool... And kind of, uh, you know, shot himself in the head. And <laughs> that was smashed into the large pool. Yeah. He just, yeah. you know, got a 38 special, blew himself in the head, and, you know, he fell over into the vat. Blew himself in the head. <laughs> shot, or shot himself. <laughs> Maybe he's got a rare talent, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Before he used the 38 special. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he decided to remove a rib. Exactly. <laughs> do a Marilyn Manson on himself. 
Man, yeah, that's definitely some. There's toasted biscuit, maybe. Mm. I don't know. It's got it's, it's uh, interesting artisanal biscuits. Yes. Once again, we come back to the artisanal, handcrafted, small batch products. Well, we do have a you know a exclusive toast place opening up here. So. I know. Uh, yeah, an artisanal toast. Yeah. Like we needed something else hipster in here. <laughs> we already have artisanal grilled cheese, which yeah. I still want to try. Yeah, Look, that that makes sense. Uh, I guess. Uh, just grilled, grilled cheese you can do a few things with. You can have some, mix up some cheeses, have some different breads. I just don't... I guess toast, it's just the bread. I don't know. It seems <laughs> yeah, pretty it's, it, it seems to be, uh, the, apparently the common theme with artisanal toast uh, is you combine it with coffee and beer. Hmm. So they're going to be serving coffee. I just don't like... It just sounds coffee. so pretentious. It does. It's so, it's so Brooklyn hipster. <laughs> like, you take something as spare as toast. Yeah. Look, toast is only good... If you apply a nice heap of butter on it, perhaps some peanut butter, uh, maybe you throw some eggs on that bitch. I bet they have all of that at this uh, hipster toast or place. The, or is it just going to be lightly toasted toast <laughs> that you dip in your coffee? Because it's just supposed to be so good that you don't need to add anything to it? It just sounds so spare. The only good toast, and the, I'm sorry that this is going to be a little Texas pride coming out, the only good toast... Just raw Texas is Texas toast. toast. Yeah, That's of course. You damn hell right. <laughs> hey, we're doing a Texas beer. We're doing our Texas IPA. Texas toast. You is, can have the Texas pride come out. Texas ho- toast is the best. And, <laughs> and Texas hose. And Texas hose. And I tell you, it makes it. <laughs> your former stepfather could attest to. <laughs> Texas hose on Texas toast with a lone pint beer in your hand is the way to go. There you go. Uh, and, and Whataburger, another local Texas legend, makes a damn good Texas toast hamburger. They so. do. Yes. Texas. But, Believe it or not, we're not here to review toast. We're actually reviewing a beer. And believe it or not, George isn't at home. <laughs> That's true. I don't believe it. <laughs> but no, the, the whole artisanal thing just kind of drives me insane. The whole small batch. Well, that that infiltrates yeah. beer or beer plenty also. I, yeah, like you don't see all these little tiny craft brewers. Like They're making some really artisanal stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't see them putting everything in fancy man terms, like artisanal small batch handcrafted. <laughs> they should, though. Free-range beer. Yeah, free range. Yeah, exactly. You don't see that wild no. caught hops. You know, you know what they're making? Beer, <laughs> just beer. Cage free hops. Cage free hops. Wild roaming. Yep. Uh, Man, this, anyways, back to the beer. It gets breadier upon more drinks, also, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, kind of the um, the flavor palette really starts to round out, and as your palate adjusts to the mosaic hops, they don't fade completely. You still get a little bit of bitterness there in the background. But really, yeah, you're right. The more malty flavors come out. You smell the uh, 38 special to the blueberry head in there. The artisan bread comes out. Uh, maybe, yeah, the small batch bread. <laughs> uh, maybe a little bit of pineapple, somewhat. Uh, yeah, I could see some citrus in there. And I'm thinking this because, uh, and this is a pal for sure, at the gym today I got a pineapple kombucha, pineapple and peach tea kombucha. Wow. Yeah, small batch artisanal Gosh. from Kavita. And, uh, the Wish ki- I could afford to go to a gym. <laughs> It kind of, it kind of. No, I will never let you in my gym. It kind of reminds me of that kombucha a little bit, except you add throwing a loaf of bread. It's weird. Mark has like platinum level access to a gym, but then he lives on Daddy Ferry Road yeah. down by the the toilet of the Trinity. It's in weird. A re- in a refrigerator box. Hey, look, uh, my my money is going to more important things. Like there you go, toning up my sweet sweet abs. Like, I, look, this this butt does not get any more iron like. You know, if I don't sit there and just constantly flex my butt. And you can find that at the mark. Yeah, at the mark slash periscope. You can watch <laughs> me flex my buttocks with like a barbell with 50 pound weights on each end. There you go. On each cheek. But that's for a shorty episode. <laughs> this this one is for a beer. And man, I you know, actually, 
upon drinking more and more of it, I think it gets better. I think I, it's much better as it goes along. I agree. I, I thought I'd recalled that you'd had this beer before, and I remember you saying it was spare. Now, so, in fairness, I didn't say spare. I just thought it was overhyped. Yeah, I, I just I really thought we were gonna I thought we were gonna go into the Prairie Bomb like episode here <laughs> to where we were gonna you know make Reddit flip its crap. Yeah, and we're gonna get hated on all over the you know all over the. That's place. the usual for us. Though. Yeah, I really thought that that's what was gonna happen here because I got to tell you, I'm about to sit here, I'm about to defend this beer to you. But now you've just completely blown my mind, and now I have to use the 38 Special in my opinion. <laughs> you have to blow your own head? Yeah, now I have to travel down to Magnolia, go in a lone pint, <laughs> grab a 38 Special, yep. stand over the bur- the uh, tank, open it. Well, first I have to open it. Yeah, right, then I have to yeah. stand open it. Then I have to blow myself, and then I have to use the 38 Special. And then you <laughs> might find a little bit of mark in your next Yellow Rose. You know what I will say I think that makes this different, and <clears throat> since we're talking Texas beer, I'm, I'm going to reference uh, Community yet again. And their Mosaic IPA, because obviously they use the same hops. Um, the Mosaic hops are the feature of communities, you know, their, their IPA, which is not a bad thing at all. This one, I really think the bready, the bready aftertaste is like the feature that balances out the Mosaic hops here, which is what makes it way different than something like the Mosaic IPA. Yeah. I mean, the Mosaic IPA is pure hop kick to your, to your uh, tongue, which is not bad. Uh, I quite enjoy that. That's one of my favorite IPAs, but... I will say this definitely has um, that bready note is unique. It's yeah. unique, and I don't I don't remember that in any other IPA to be honest with you. Well, I'll tell you, it does a great job of balancing it out. Yeah. I mean, and it's a very, you know, it's like a nice, well-rounded uh, woman. If you want to you know, describe it in more sexist terms, of course, she's, Why a, nice, not? she's a nice, well-rounded uh, beer lady. It's based she's, on a lady. She's got so well-rounded. We can talk in lady terms. She's got, yeah, it's true. She's got you know couple of nice up tops she's got a nice bottom uh she's well-rounded a, a, she, she doesn't look like one of those old school thin model yeah types. she's she, not a waif at all she's not yeah. that's that's you know we didn't even talk about mouthfeel yeah. she's not a waif and well, she said it was creamy yeah uh so to speak yeah. uh she's not a waif <laughs> for sure she's not light like you're like a like a budweiser uh and she's not heavy and dark yeah it's interesting it kind of hangs around a little bit in the palate, but what yeah. hangs around in the palate is the bready, toasty notes. That's what stays. Yeah, I'm like not... the Cascade hops kind of fade. Or excuse me, the Cascade hops, the Mosaic hops kind of fade, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I I tell you, I'm not going to swipe left. If there were a beer tender, I ain't swiping left on the yellow, <laughs> the yellow rose here. All right, so you want to nice you want to give ratings, ratings, ratings? Yeah. So I was very surprised by this beer. Again, I've seen the hype, and as always, you don't expect any beer to live up to the hype, especially when you get a beer that has almost 100,000 ratings, and it's so highly rated. It's like we don't have a lot of the hype, for instance, around Hetty Topper. I'd heard of Hetty Topper. I've heard, of course, heard mention of it here till, uh, you know, Reddit and things like that, but not not like the, the amount of hype we've seen on the uh, Facebook group, for instance. I mean, people are always clamoring for this beer. Yep. But I got to say, I'm thoroughly impressed by this beer. And... If we had more ready access to it, I'd probably drink a lot more of it. And it's one that's... It's not exceptionally rare on tap. It's exceptionally rare in the bottle. Okay. You can normally find it in a growler shop right. somewhere. Right. And I, you know, I don't... Currently, at this point in my fat-ass life, I'm trying to limit myself to beer <laughs> once a week. So... Well, on every, know, every Saturday, you can go circle from the tap at every growler yeah, shop. Yeah, and so I don't buy growlers very often anymore. Yeah. Um, that's a pal. So... It's I would probably drink, if I could find it in bottles. I would probably you know keep a six pack in my fridge at all times. Uh, well, these but, are also bomber size. 
Just oh, so you know, that's how they come. Okay. Yeah, they, they yeah. don't come in in twenty ounce. Yeah, we got this from our local growler shop down the street, Liquid Growler. But uh, I would probably drink a lot more often. So I will, from now on, always reach for a glass of this. I like this beer a lot. I, I like it because it does stand out from other IPAs with its malty, bready flavor and pineapple and thirty eight special and blowing yourself. Uh, it, it's really a standout IPA, and it's what I like about it is it's very, very well balanced. It doesn't kill you in the palate. You still get the the hot flavors. You still get the mosaic complexity. Mosaic. Mosaic. You still get the fruity, fruit loom, smashed head flavors in there. Uh, it's a really nice beer, and it's easy drinking. And it's only 6.8%, which for us yeah. and our livers at this point, might as well be a session beer. <laughs> so I'm going to give this beer five out of five. Whoa. Oh, my goodness. You blew my mind, Mark. And... Now you should go blow yourself. And you and you blew your own head. I blew myself. And <laughs> All right, so... Dustin, would you like to give your rating? Uh, that's what I'm about to do. Thank you. Um, what you about know, now? Would you like to do it now? It's... I must have had, like, a bad batch of it or something the time that I had it before. Did you get because blood Because I, I don't remember... No, I, well, I wasn't drunk on it, but... Uh, you know, I don't... I don't remember the bready notes at all. I just remember the faded kind of cascade hop taste, and I was like, eh, you know, whatever. This is like a weaker version of the Mosaic IPA from Community. That was my first thought of it. And, again, I didn't hate it even the first time. I just thought, I don't know why everybody thinks this is so unique and so awesome. That was my that was my thought on it. Um, upon reexamination and having, like, a detailed testing of this and really thinking about it and really, you know, obviously having a better keg of it this time, um, and it, you got to consider also, you have to wonder how fresh was it before? That's true. Yeah, it could have yeah. been sitting. Uh, although it's, as much of a hotness as it is, you'd think it'd be moving pretty yeah, fast. Yeah, you would think, but, but Lakewood moves through kegs pretty quickly, so I'm assuming we got some pretty fresh yellow rose here. True, yeah. Yeah, I think it was on tap at some place down in Plano, one of the one of the places. You can't trust Plano. Yeah, you know, back uh, where Thomas the Tank Engine used to live. But yeah, um, yeah you know, I agree with you. It is unique. Um and I do think it does stand out, and I I do think it deserves some recognition for the twist they have on it that, you know, and there's some great IPAs in this town. I mean, like we've said, the Mosaic uh, from Community, the the Tups IPA that's now being canned, that's a great IPA. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Deep Ellum IPA is perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But it's not, to me, it's not a standout. It's either. not a standout. It's, but it's, it's, it's a serviceable IPA. When it's around and there's not other choices, like if you go to some place and it's Deep Ellum IPA or Budweiser, definitely definitely a good alternative. Yeah, it's just not something I reach for. No, I agree. First. Yeah. Um, I mean, Deep Ellum has some other ones, like their double IPA that's really good. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I'm just saying, we have like a, we have a lot of good IPAs just in Dallas. Um, you know, even the Alyssa from St. Arnold's good. They, I mean, there's, there's plenty of them. Uh, I saw Shriner came out with a, a new IPA, which I'd be interested to try just to see how it is. Um, but a lot of IPAs. It's a saturated market. Yeah. Kind of saturated, I would say, which I'm not complaining about because it's one of my favorite beer styles. So the more of them that come out, the better. You know, obviously, we're getting other stuff from other other towns, the Tricera Hops from Ninkasi. And, you know, it's, it's nice to see all these things coming in. Right. And I'll, it's a really competitive market. So to stand out in the IPA realm, I think that's an accomplishment anyway, just because there's so much of it out there. Um, so I would say, would this be a beer that I would always want to go for? Probably 50-50 because I, unlike you, do like the heavy, hoppy, palate record type IPAs sometimes. Yeah. So if I'm in that mood, not going to go for this because obviously this isn't doing that. But I would say this is, like you said, a near session IPA, which is good. It's 
it's up in quality from some of the other just normal session IPAs. Which yeah, for sure. There's nothing wrong with you know a founder session IPA or a, you know. Uh, Lakewood came out with the hop, the hypochondria. That's good. Like, I, I mean, to talk national and local. Um, but I think this one would be a nice replacement to those. It stands out more. Those are kind of, I mean, those are kind of weaker regular IPAs. I mean, to just be honest, they, they taste good, but they're just, you know, that's what's more what they are. But this stands out so much more. Yeah, and, I agree. Like, and I know this isn't technically session because no, it's near it's seven. It's just session for our fat bodies <laughs> and our fatty livers and our, yeah, our well, our well-toned livers yes. at this point, uh, or, or about to be failing. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah. either way. Um, but yeah, I, I really like it a lot, and I think it's really unique, and I get why it's a standout in Texas. Um, is it the best IPA in Texas? Man, I don't know. That's probably that's so subjective. That's hard to say, but I get why. I get why they're on the list. Let me put it that way. I definitely get why they're on the list. And if you do a bottle share of this, I don't think you'll be disappointed. I think you'll note that man, this is a different kind of IPA than you're used to. So for that, I gotta give it. 4.75 out of 5. Giving us a final score of... 4.875. Well, thanks for listening to episode 51 of the Brew Bloods. If this is your first show, thank you for listening to us. We really appreciate it. Now, if you're not subscribed to the show, for whatever reason, you should subscribe to the show. If you go to our site, brewbloods.net, that will provide you all the links uh, hopefully that you need to download the show through iTunes, RSS, Google Play, Stitcher, Man, anything. We're everywhere. All the platforms that I can find, that's where I put us. So you can't get away from us. You can't. There's links everywhere. If you want to be friends with us, we're on Twitter. Just basically every social network. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Untapped. Uh, we're even on uh, Beer Advocate as Brewbloods, I think. If you don't want to be friends with us, then screw you. Go F yourself. Uh, find us on Reddit if you're a Reddit fan reddit.com slash r slash brewbloods if you have any feedback you can email us at brewbloodshow at gmail.com or you can call us at 469-573-BEER that's 469-573-2337 thanks again to Stefan our new staff writer such a young sexy man with his his big big head and sexy Swedish body it's gonna be so great Uh, but uh, above all thank you for listening to the show even if this is your first and only time thank you and uh, if you have a chance, please tell a friend, any of your beer drinking, craft beer loving, artisanal, breaded, small batch, free range friends. Please <laughs> tell cage free friends. Cage free friends. Please tell them about our little Organic show. friends. So for Dustin, I'm Mark. For Mark, I'm Dustin. Probes. Probes. <laughs>